This is episode number 683, Make Your Dreams a Reality. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Tom Bradley said, the only thing that will stop you from fulfilling your dreams is you. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just take the first step. Welcome to today's episode. It's all about making your dreams a reality. We've got some powerful people that I want to bring light to. And I know you have big dreams that you've been wanting to accomplish. We all do. I hear this all the time. Lewis, how do I achieve this in my life? How do I launch this thing? I've got a dream of being this. What are the steps? And sometimes the hardest part is taking that first step. It's the fear. It's the unknown. It's the anxiety. Well, what if I fail? What if this all goes wrong? And what if people make fun of me? And that's why I wanted to bring you a new interview series with entrepreneur creative masters who shared what they did to make their dreams a reality. And in this episode, you'll hear wisdom from Steve Aoki, the iconic and world-renowned DJ, Lily Singh, one of the most influential people on the internet, Cassie Ho, one of the most influential fitness icons of the decade, and Julius Dean, the magician who has over 20 million fans online from around the world. Get ready for this one because I know it'll inspire you to take the action you need, have the belief in yourself, and take that first step. And again, this is all about how to make your dreams a reality. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode about how to make your dreams a reality. At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there, the fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it. Because together, we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender, member FDIC, copyright 2024, U.S. Bank. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Nothing beats attending a live event. SeatGeek's site is easy to navigate, so you're able to select the best seats to see your favorite artists with confidence. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app on the Apple App Store. There are more than 70,000 events on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. Plus, your tickets are backed by a buyer guarantee. Download the SeatGeek app and use code GREATNESS20 to get $20 off your first purchase. Offer applies to new customers only. Purchase must be over $50. The promo code is single use and valid through September 30th, 2024. Get tickets on SeatGeek now. One thing I learned, especially when I was in high school, 
um, and I've said this before many times, is the the hardcore music scene that I that I got introduced to that became my life, that became my lifestyle. Um, to the you know every decision that I made was all based on the fundamentals of this hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Even the food I ate, I became vegetarian because that's what they did. And they were talking about animal rights, and I got into that. Right. And it was all really based on passion and community. You know, it's like you have to be really into what you're saying and doing and be educated on, on what you're saying and doing and uh, and learn some instruments and play the music, you yeah. know, and play the music of that culture. Essentially, you're an ambassador of the culture. And the way you get respect in that culture is by finishing your projects, whether it's a song, whether it's playing a show, whether it's putting on a show for other bands so that scene can prosper and there's an ecosystem. Yeah. So it's all about making this ecosystem of that community healthy. And the more you do that, the more that you're able to make it healthy, the the more respect you get. So it's not about, oh, I just mm-hmm. walked in with like the shoes that no one else has or the bike that everybody wants. The more of that element that you bring to the table, the the less cool you are. The the, the like you're you're cooler if you actually Go, I'm, I'm vegetarian. I stopped wearing leather shoes. Oh shit. You made a stance. You made <laughs> right. something that's like a sacrifice. Or I, you know, I'm putting on a show and all these bands are coming in. Wow. You put on the show. That's awesome. I started a band and I'm playing and I'm representing the sound. Or I made a zine. I interviewed four bands and I went to Kinko's and I made the zine. I'm mm-hmm. passing them out to all the different people. It's almost like a religion in a way where yeah. you're spreading the, that, that goodwill. And it's not about a financial reward as well. It's, it's like there is no fi- financial reward in, in what we're what I'm talking about here. It's all about uh, believing, believing in a culture, and and being rewarded by spreading that culture and building that healthy ecosystem of that mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. So, it's in essence that culture doesn't have to be music. That culture could be in a book club right. or in a chess club. Or in something that's like drives you because, uh, you know, another thing is as well as I, I talked to some people, they're like, I don't know what my passions are. And I, you know, I talked to Tom Bill, you from yeah. inside quest about like, how do you find your passion? Like what gets you there? If you don't know what it is, and you just have to keep trying stuff and see what, what pulls you, what's pulling you to a certain place and then meeting up with those people, that mm-hmm. community and finding out ways. Cause we all are smart. We all have ways and we all different ways of thinking about how to, you know, get more people involved in what we do. Right. The idea of being a pusher is a bad thing, but in this case, it's a good thing. So whenever I could push positive lifestyle and a positive, like, and health and well-being, I feel good about myself. Yeah. It's like Christmas when you actually give gifts, Uh it feels much better than to receive. It's weird because when I think about the times when things weren't happening and I didn't really look at it as sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess in retrospect, it was a sacrifice because you are sacrificing time mm-hmm. and you're not, let's say you're not getting paid, Yeah. but it's not a sacrifice to you. You know, it's, it's an it's, investment. Yeah, it's an investment, but you don't even think of it as, uh, as an investment either. You, you think about it. This is different. You know, like this, like when I'm going back to the hardcore community, it's like, um, when we put on shows in our living room, we, we never took a dime. We yeah. spent all this time getting people to know about what we did. And once we got the ball rolling, we were, we were on a roll bringing all these artists in. We never took a dime from any shows. We know we always had people stay over and, and I guess you could call it a sacrifice, but right. it's really, it really wasn't. It was, um, 
it was a real love for what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, was I think, that about 10 years ago? Or when no, was that, that was like, uh, that was like 15 years ago. 15 years ago. You yeah, were throwing so, these weekly yeah. parties in your, in your apartment with a few other guys, right? That you lived with? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, we, we had like about four, over 400 bands play, but it was some, some bands that became, you know, bands that everyone knows like Jimmy world or, mm. you know, like a lot of bands, like a lot of hardcore bands, you know, a lot of the bands that were willing to, to, to play in a living room. How many people could you cram in there? 40 people. 40 people. Yeah, I mean, but it felt like a lot more, you know. Right, the right. energy was pretty wild. Electric, yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me as well, I'm DJing, obviously, to a much larger audience, but I find a value in playing in front of five people. I Because I used to love, I played in front of five people many times. Yeah. As a band. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's, because, um, like, sometimes we would do tour, and we would play in houses, basements, a warehouse that was abandoned, you know, with mm. a generator. What was the biggest thing you learned about yourself playing in the in front of those five, ten, twenty people rooms for years? I'm assuming before anything ever picked up. What's the biggest lesson you learned about going through that process and that journey? It's connection. It's like mm-hmm. um, having a real connection with people and and looking at them in the eye and actually communicating. I, we'd actually after the shows we'd hang out with them. Like those five people that came to the show, I'd want to know them. I'd be like, you came, you spent money, you drove all the way to my show. There's only four of you, five of you here, ten of you here. Let's hang out. Let's do something. Let's like, yeah. I want to know about you and like what, what your scene's about. And then building a network and actually like treating them as peers, not as fans so much as peers, because I am a fan as well as them. I was those people at when I was in, when I was in teenager and I'm yeah. still those people at other shows. I'm like yeah. in the crowd and, and uh, if I really am uh, attracted to, a message or a sound. I'm always a fan. That's another thing I've learned is that you can't forget about the fact that the reason why I do it is because I am a fan. We're all the same level. Mm. That 15 year old kid that's like up front screaming or like bawling their eyes out or like that energy. I'm like looking at him like, I'm you. I was <laughs> you. I still am you. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm so happy that they, that they don't give a, by anybody else and what they're thinking because that was that kid in the front like screaming wanting to sing along and be connected to the, the bands and when the bands and artists connected with me it changed my life you know mm. so I always wanted to be that and then remember like hey we're, we are we are emotional beings and we're here to express this connection I don't want to fill anyone's void. I think Humble and I learned this when we were in Italy at the honor of talking to Pharrell. And he said something that really, really impacted me. When Humble was asking him, I, he said, Humble said something like, I want to fill the Andre 3000 void. You know, that's what I want my music to be. And Pharrell was like, you should fill the Humble the Poet void. Ooh. And I was like, ooh. And me and Humble talk about that all the time. And that got me thinking where mm. I don't want to fill the, I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, you could be the next Mindy Kaling. You know, they're just saying that because I'm also a brown girl. I don't want people to be like, yeah, you could be Amy. No, I want to fill the Lily Singh void. I want to be the best version of myself that gives me goosebumps. I want to make little Lily get goosebumps when she looks at my success. That's what I want to be. I love the dedication that you had. I'm just going to read it. Yeah. Um, Dedicated to the person I was six years ago. Mm -hmm. I told you to keep going. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of the Matthew McConaughey speech. Oh, yeah? got, did you remember seeing his speech? Was the Oscar or the Oscar where he was like, my inspiration is myself three years from now 
and like chasing that guy mm-hmm. who's going to achieve those things that I want right. to achieve. And it's like, what do I need to do now that's going to make that happen? Mm-hmm. And like always chasing that myself, not someone else. Right. So I think it's cool that you kind of dedicated to that. Yeah, that dedicate. I was thinking long and hard about the dedication. I'm like, of course, I want to dedicate to my mom. Of course, it's all these people. I put them all in the acknowledgments. I'm like, cut the BS. Mm. The person that's actually dedicated to that actually got me here Inspires is me. the person that was like, I feel like crap. I'm still going to get up tomorrow. When I was in my last year of university, I discovered YouTube, which did not exist when I was younger. And I remember watching these videos thinking, there's people in their rooms making videos and people are watching them. Like what is happening here? And there was a few creators in my community that, you know, had a few videos and I didn't really think anything out of it. I thought it was just them. Then when I went more into YouTube, I thought, no, people over the world are making these videos and this is a thing. And I spontaneously one day put up a video online. I thought nothing of it. It was not even comedy. It was so far from who I am today. Mm -hmm. It was actually a spoken word piece about religion. Yeah, I heard you took it down, right? I took it down not because it sucked, because I have many sucky videos up. I took it down because it just does not represent who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was so awkward. I was so uncomfortable in it. And as bad as it was, I just fell in love with the fact that I could write whatever I wanted, say whatever I wanted, edit it however I want, promote it however I want, And no person around me impacted that success. There was no one else I had to rely on. I learned how to do everything myself. And that I fell in love with. And so without thinking, I posted a second video. That was comedy. It was based on linguistics argument I had with my friend. And I posted another one, another one. And then suddenly I found myself thinking, well, how can I get better? How can I learn how to edit more? How can I write better? Just like the fruit bowl. (laughs) Just like the fruit bowl. And then it snowballed into this brand and career. The quote about the universe might respect the law of attraction, but mm. it respects a good hustle even more. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Was there a point earlier when you weren't a hustler or was it even when you were five, you were like always hustling? And then how do you sustain the hustle for people that feel like, man, that just seems exhausting? Is there a point in my life where I was not a hustler? Yeah. It was that point of my life at the end of university when I was super sad. Yeah. <laughs> that If anyone had met me during that time, they would not recognize me as who I am today. I literally got up at, three, I mean, I still wake up at 3 p.m. sometimes if I go to sleep really late. I'm just going to be honest. I, my sleep schedule is a hot mess. Right. But I had absolutely no goals. Mm. I woke up with no purpose. Literally walker from The Walking Dead. Did not care. Didn't care to accomplish anything. I, would, don't, I didn't care at all about how the fruit bowl looked. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. I was a different person. Um, but prior to that, I do, I do got to say everything in my life when I look back has been this need to do my best. And the the greatest example is I remember I used to work at Harvey's, which is a Canadian fast. I think mm. your equivalent might be Hardee's yes. here in America. <laughs> um, I worked at, it was my first job, a fast food restaurant. And I remember there was downtime and the store was empty. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to refill the cutlery. And I was doing stuff. And it, it did not occur to me that everyone else was just chilling. They were just like not looking at me, yeah, yeah. fill these forks. And I remember hearing someone say this and it was the most shocking thing I've ever heard. They were just like, you just always got to do something. Like you're always working. And I'm like, wait, are you guys not? And it was so shocking, but I didn't even realize that was a thing people did. Like they just did not do something. And so I really think it's just something embedded within me that I haven't completely figured out why Mm. it's just always been this need to do things and be productive. Well, I mean, you look at the results. I mean, the results don't lie. You've generated certain results. Nor do hips. They do not. You're right. Do your hips lie? Not at all. Oh, all right. Never. Show me later. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> do a little dance move. 
I mean, my results don't lie. And you've created specific results in your life because of this level of hustle and energy mm-hmm. that's been consistent. And I think if people don't want to generate great results, then they can take a break and they mm-hmm. can pause and you know, not be productive in certain things consistently right. and they're going to get those type of results. So it all depends on what we want. Uh, it all depends on what we want. And I yeah. think, not the danger, but something I know people think after hearing this conversation is they think, well, that's very unhealthy. That's an unhealthy lifestyle balance. And people say that to me all the time. A lot of my friends are, you're always working, just come out with us. And here's the thing. If I'm really honest, to have a certain level of success, I do believe you do have to be obsessed with it. You have to be. You know, you have you to be obsessed with it. You win a championship yeah. at any sport at the highest level exactly. without being obsessed So it depends 24/7. what your goals are. Depends what it is. If yes. your goal is to be successful, but then also have weekends and mm-hmm. also have a certain standard of relationship and have family, that's not wrong. That is your goal and you do that. Mm-hmm. But when people say that to me, my goals are I want to be exceptionally good at this one thing. And that is going to require a certain level of dedication. And that is the reality of the situation. Obsessiveness. Obsessiveness. All of your time And Dwayne's a great example. Like, obsessiveness, waking up at four, working out, no matter where he is, like, that is an obsessive level of commitment. And he gets incredible results. Exactly. When I was in middle school, well, actually... One thing you need to know about me is that I can't eat chocolate. Not that I don't want to. You physically can't. I, I, I really actually want to eat chocolate. I just can't. I'm what you call a super taster. So for me, arugula, chocolate, coffee, all that kind of stuff tastes extremely bitter to me. So uh, I, I can't eat it. What about milk chocolate? Uh, can't. White chocolate. White chocolate's not chocolate. I love white chocolate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a trick question. <laughs> so um, what I would do, my sister and I would go trick-or-treating and we'd take all the candies together and then I would create chocolate creations out of them then I would bring them to my friends at school and they liked it so I was like well if you like it then you're probably going to buy it so then I started Mm. packaging them charging them 25 cents for three little balls and then they went crazy for it so then I started making value packs and adding cookies and and rocky road bars and stuff and I had my first business partner in middle school in high school, all the other middle schools had heard about it, apparently. Really? And so everyone was like, oh, you're you're Cassie the cookie girl, right? And I was girl. like, yep, that's me. And then so <laughs> I carried this huge bag with me to school every single day. And then some kids were so addicted. I mean, obviously it was sugar. <laughs> that they were like, Cassie, please let me sell for you. So no I had way. five student employees under me selling. So we like had this massive thing going across campus. Wow, and it was, you're like a drug dealer yeah, exactly cookie and drug dealer imagine being in spanish class and people like underneath the table like going like this wow. like, that's, that's how it was passing wow. through like 15 hands getting to Were the they that person. good oh yeah <laughs> buttercream cookies sandwiches in m&m oh, my flavor a uh, chocolate chip anything sugar snickerdoodle do you still make them i don't i need some of those right now you know we should do that oh, we should totally do that <laughs> so um the crazy thing is that it got so big that the school had to shut me down <laughs> I got in no trouble. Way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but that story got me the full ride scholarship to to college, so it ended up paying off. So yeah, a full ride scholarship. Uh huh. Full ride scholarship. Yeah. Living the dream. Well, now your parents were happy life. with that. Then they were happy with that, but they they can always find something wrong. With of course, that right? They're yeah. always judging you. Is it cool that you're 
childhood dream mm-hmm. was to be in fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Fashion designer. Yeah. And now you have a, a fitness fashion line. Isn't that right? That is, that is so cool. <laughs> so do you feel like you're fulfilling this childhood dream? And I do. And it's, it's truly amazing because my dad, when I told him I wanted to be a fashion designer, um, I think I probably was in middle school or something. Yeah. And I had binders and binders full of evening gown designs and sketches and stuff. He told me literally to my face, you will not succeed. You'll make wow. no money and you'll have no friends. That's actually in my book. I wrote wow. that. And, and I will never let him go for it. And I want everyone to know because that could have broke me right there. Sure. And I did cry and it did break me, but it didn't break me for the rest of my life. But I remember it because I know how I can take that and turn it into something much better. So I proved to my parents and, and to myself that you can follow your passion and do something you're happy with. Because for sure. them, I mean, I understand they really wanted me to be financially stable and all that oh. kind of stuff. And I'm first generation Asian American. So they're coming from, you know, mm-hmm. Vietnam and, you know, that deal with the war and all that kind of stuff. So I understand, but I don't understand imposing your dreams up upon mine and not letting me at least try. Sure. Because this vibrance inside of me, this like desire to just make it, I don't think they ever understood how hard and how far we go to actually make it happen. Right, right. Yeah. Now, so would you say you've achieved your childhood dream then? I would say yes, and I, but I think I'm also working on it every day to make okay. it even bigger. And what, yeah. do you, what would you say is your adulthood dream? My adulthood dream? Yeah. I would love to see the clothing line um, in stores, I think, mm. and we're working on that. And my, my other dream is to make sure that Pop Pilates is a huge group fitness format across wow. the world. And we have a great start this year. We're trying to certify um, 2,000 trainers wow. a, a, by 2015, 4,000 by spring 2016, and that will really bring us to the next level. I mean, everyone would do Pop Pilates at 24 Fitness. It's so cool. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, how are, you yeah. come, how are you finding these trainers or how did you create mm-hmm. this training for them? I'm working with NAFC as my certifying body. And okay. so together, uh, we've created the manual and everything to make that happen. But my current core team of master trainers are beyond incredible. And, you know, it's interesting. It's not that... They weren't fans of Blogilates mm-hmm. to begin with. Some of them, maybe like a few, but a lot of them were already really seasoned group fitness instructors. They've been teaching Zumba sure, sure. and uh, and Pio and all these things for years. So uh-huh. to impress them, you know, that takes something as well. And I wasn't right. sure, and you're never sure what people think. And so this group of core, like 15 people, have come together. And let me tell you, at the summit, it was magic. And I, I can only use that word because there was something swirling in the air that wasn't just learning the format, learning the choreography and that kind of stuff. It was just this passion to bring this format to people to help them change their lives and have a really fun time doing it. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like 
giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience. But there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Like you're treated special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers, but then ignored and overlooked later on. Or your partner gets a wandering eye, like how some wireless carriers start focusing their attention on newer customers. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to the yada yada. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free, 5G phones when you join, get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Rebel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of the customers feel valued. That's not a yada yada. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metro Flex plan. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Well, the first video went viral was, was, not, was not even magic. It was like a snake prank. And I just took a, a fake snake and I, I, chucked, I put it on people in London on, on South Bank and I made a little compilation of it posted it online and it just started getting hundreds of thousands of shares and I think the video is now on 50 million Facebook views. Wow. When was yeah. this? A year ago? This was, this was yeah, about a year ago. A okay. year and a bit ago. So it yeah. wasn't even a magic trick right. video. Right, yeah. It's a prank it video. Yeah, yeah. And then when did you try to do the magic style of a viral video? So the magic style was, well, I'd basically been incorporating magic the whole way. So bits and pieces of magic, kind of more prank, sketch orientated videos and um, then my first viral magic video was called the invisible chair illusion, right? And I basically took, I basically it's where you sit down in one leg or whatever, and right? Like, exactly, and then I can lean back. It's like the Matrix. I was wondering how that trick happens. Aha, well, keep, keep wondering, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've always wondered that. I don't know if I saw. I think I saw a video of someone else doing this. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah, it was yeah. with you. Yeah, it's actually where funny. They just sit down and they're like reading a paper, and you're like, this, right, yeah. right. That's exactly that's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's so funny. you did that trick. Yeah, I did that trick, and then it it, it, it trended. I think it got like half a million views on YouTube, and then. Like 20, 30 million views on Facebook. Just doing yeah. it in different locations and getting reactions right. to the crowd or the right, people right, right, walking right. by. Exactly. Homeless yeah. people like, well, you know, whatever. Exactly. Interesting. So exactly. What, that was about a year ago as well? Yeah, about a year. Roughly. Right afterwards, that right. the yeah. snake trick? Yeah, huh. yeah, I just started, I was a, a, a production machine. When I, when I started the social media game, I was a production machine. Like I would, I would go, I was third year of university. I'm 23 now. I was 22 back then. Or, you know, maybe just turning 22. So it was about a year and a half. Yeah. And um, I was you know, intent on building my social media profile. So I didn't have a lot of money in the bank. 
but I would fight a higher um like videographers on on Craigslist or Gumtree mm-hmm. for like fifty to hundred dollars. They'd come out with me for the day. We'd come up with a concept. We'd go out, film it all day, have a laugh, and then I would uh, take the concept, the the the, uh, the footage, go home, edit it up, mm-hmm. and uh, I would post it online the same day. I was, really? it was in the drive I had back then. And I was making three, four videos a week, so I was really production machine. I was production, editing, you know, protagonist and the actor in, mm-hmm. in the video. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, Create, you know, creating the storyline, creating everything. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. And then, I, and then I had the situation with one of my videos just pop. And the thing about social media is, once one thing goes viral, your audience will just come. It's crazy. Mm. So the yeah. first videos weren't going as viral. Maybe it sounds like until yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long were you doing these three to four videos a week until one popped? Yeah, I was. I was put about six, 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 seven months. Really, six seven months of, of, of nothingness. What's nothingness? Yeah. A couple thousand views, yeah, a couple thousand or ten thousand views, yeah. views, maybe. Yeah, yeah, is exactly. this on Facebook or YouTube or both? This, this is on uh, both, basically. So yeah. a couple thousand views. Well, actually, I'll, t- I'll tell you, it was yeah, a couple of thousand views. Now, should I tell you about my strategy in terms of how I blew up? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, first off, I mean, yes, I want to hear that. All right. So you did the snake video first, which got how many views? About 30, 40 million. Yeah. And then after that, you started doing three to four videos a week for no, no, no. months. I, I was doing before. I was doing three to four videos. Actually, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that actually, it wasn't the snake video that went viral first. It was a prank video with this with with a, like a girl. That was the first video that, that popped. But it was basically the same time as the snake video. They were within about two three days of each other. Yeah, yeah. The first video that went absolutely bonkers was like a prank war I did with this girl who, who was like my, my my girlfriend at the time. And then I posted that video online, and that's what popped. Got it. And yeah. this was after six months of you doing videos that weren't doing anything. They, they were they were doing a little bit, bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. I, I was getting some traction, but I had about ten thousand likes. Yeah, you know, that's it throughout. Yeah, yeah. It was a grind for and six I, months trying working every single day. Ten thousand fans. Yeah, yeah. Ten to fifty thousand views, maybe a video right. max. Right, right, right. Exactly. What exactly. kept you like continuing to do this when you weren't making any money? Your audience wasn't growing. You weren't seeing the views grow. Yeah. Why'd you keep doing this grind? Yeah, you know, ten, yeah, twelve yeah. hours a day. Yeah, well, it's the social media, building a following is is priceless. You can't buy a social media following. So I saw the value in that. I still do. Um, and the fact I was getting some positive comments, I think, would drove, drove you me enough. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, you were in college. You didn't have too many responsibilities. Yeah, so yeah. like, it, it, honestly, do this for it a was, while. there was a level of boredom. Right. There was <laughs> right. absolutely. I was at university. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it is in America, but in the, U, in the UK, you, you sometimes get six, seven, eight hours a week of lecture time. Yeah, right. bored. Right. My degree was relatively easy. Um, I had a lot of free time. Well, I had some options. I could either go, go to the, the societies or the clubs or, and I was like, right, I really want to build the social media. I've got, I'm doing some magic gigs. I've, I'm quite, I understand the kind of the magic world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand, you know, also I, I spent a year in UCLA. So I mm. met a lot of the, I met the kind of vine community. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I was, when I got back to the UK from my, from my year abroad, I was intent on building what they'd already done. It's mm. crazy. These people in LA machines and machines they they, they built, you know, fantastic incomes and fantastic careers off their hard work in, in their childhood and in their young adulthood. Yeah. So when I got back to London, I was like, right, I really should have been making videos. So yeah, I, I just did it and, and I was driven and I think it was a mixture of um, free time. <laughs> boredom. <laughs> bit, bit, of, bit of boredom, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also good good fitness. I think if, you know, when you're going to the gym every day and you're eating super healthy, mm-hmm. you, you just, your mind is is t- in a different Yeah, clear, different you have ideas running all the time exactly. and you want to go do, exactly. create. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You wanted to build something. Yeah. But it still took you some time to kind of figure it out. This six-month window of time where you weren't really doing much, but it was kind of like your testing ground. You were seeing what worked, what didn't work. Right. Uh, then you figured out the model, it sounds like. You did a couple of videos that went viral. And is that when you were like, okay, now I see 
all the elements that need to be in what? one video for it to have the potential to get some traction. What? Is that what you kind of recognize? Let me, this so, aha moment? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, so let, let, me give you, let me give you the rundown. Right, so I had no followers, no likes. Step one. Get my friends and family to like my page, right? You, you know, message yeah. everyone. Hey, can you like my page? Beg them, just, please. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything cool. We yeah. do it anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's funny because I, I sent everyone a, 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 that question, the same copied and pasted. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you like my page, too, man? Exactly, and it's funny because these people hit me up like a year and a half later, and they're like, oh, hey, like I'm doing a, oh. I'm, I'm doing a fundraiser, and like, I just see like the previous thing is me asking them a question. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that, yeah. but um, that was step one. And then, so step two, which was going to take me from about a thousand likes to seven thousand likes overnight, was what I would do is I would I was thinking how could I make my videos get some traction? Okay, so um, on YouTube it was about Reddit, Reddit trying to get on the front page of Reddit, yes. just trying to get. I mean, I'd have like fake proxy accounts doing upvotes and stuff, which is how yeah. some of my videos got like a million views. But more Facebook orientated, what I would do is I would reach out to pages that have um, followings. Right? And there are so many pages on Facebook with you know, 200,000 likes, 400,000 likes, et cetera, as there are YouTube channels with 200,000 subscribers, et cetera. So I would basically message hundreds of them and say, hey, got a great video. Can you share my video? And the way I would find these pages is I would go onto another viral page. So for example, like, uh, you know, whatever, go onto Tiger's page. And then I would click on all the, all the shares. So say it's got 100,000 shares on the video. I would just choose one person right who, who and their public profiles because they appear in the shares and then i would just go on that profile and just flick, scroll through their newsfeed this random person somewhere in the world and just see what stuff they'd shared and it's usually from pages so then i would um just find loads of random pages from around the world through finding these random people from these you know public celebrities or viral pages and i would send them the message hey i'm you know i've got a great video can you share that video right and i would i, I mean it was i sent so many messages i ended up getting blocked for a day um <laughs> yeah yeah and and, and yeah. what happened is, is is after sending a couple of hundred messages i eventually got a response yeah, you got 10 20 different pages that are like sure i'll share it out yeah it's well, interesting yeah right? yeah well it wasn't 10 20 pages but there were a few okay some asked three for mo- some asked for <laughs> yeah some asked for some asked for money yeah some did it from the kindness of their heart or you know whatever reason i'm not sure why they did it but i got a page called mayor boss right he, was just, he had five million followers Mayor? Mayor, M-A-Y-O-R space B-O-S-S. Mayor boss. He's going to get an influx of messages now. (laughs) And for some some reason, on on a thousand likes, I got a message from him a month later and he said, yeah, bro, got you. I'm like, what? And then I look at my pages and I'm, I'm, I'm refreshing and they're just, bombing up the likes on my page because he shared one he video shared one of my videos it got reshared and when something gets reshared on facebook the traffic will just mm-hmm. come back in because your your video will appear on the news feed mm-hmm. with the like button next to it right so i went from a thousand to seven thousand likes overnight and that was really what gave me the momentum You're i was like, like oh when people share my videos yeah, then it's exactly help grow it faster exactly and i thought i'd made it i was like mom <laughs> Sometimes the university. That's out. See you later, guys. There you have it, my friends. We do things differently here. We're all about bringing people together, elevating humanity, and raising the level of consciousness so that we can all be more and feel more fulfilled along the process and the journey. This is episode number. 683 lewishouse.com slash 683 for the full show notes and you can check out the full interviews of Steve Aoki Lily Singh Cassie Ho and Julius Dean as well back there we have all those links so check that out guys I'm so excited for what's to come 
This is a beautiful time of the year. It's a time to complete, it's a time to finish strong, and I'm so excited about what everyone is working on. We have a community called The Inner Circle where thousands of people from around the world are a part of, and they're sharing their wins every single week. It's a beautiful thing to see. We're gonna be seeing a lot of you in person at the Summit of Greatness here soon, October 4th through 6th, and there's gonna be a time for celebration, a time for connection, a time for joy and fun. So many positive things are happening. And my talk show, Inspiring Life, is happening right now. Every single Monday, it comes out for a few more weeks. So check it out on Facebook. Watch Inspiring Life when you go there. Let me know what you guys think. Tag me every time you're on social media listening to this. I want to hear who's listening to it, who's watching the videos, who's connecting to the community so I can see and learn more about you. I love you so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. How frustrating is it when you move into a new home and you're excited to settle in and furnish it, but then you're waiting weeks on end, sometimes even a whole month, for your new furniture to finally ship to you? Have you met All Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture and they deliver it for free in days, not weeks. Yep, that's right. They deliver it in days. Waiting weeks for your order to arrive isn't ideal, especially when you've just moved. Get your sofa ASAP from All Modern and sit comfortably while building out the rest of your space. That's Modern Made Simple. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern styles, from Scandi to mid-century and minimalist to maximalists. Every piece is hand-vetted for quality and designed for real life. Shop the best of modern outdoor furniture, timeless decor, and everything in between. Find timeless designs in every style that fold function and fun all in one. From small decor swaps to full room revamps, All Modern has you covered. Shop online at All modern.com or visit them in store in Linfield or Dedham, Massachusetts or in Austin, Texas. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive with artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. We all know Kit Kat bars taste delicious, but what about how they sound? It's not just a catchy jingle. It's the satisfying crack of breaking off a piece of Kit Kat, followed by a crisp crunch. Oh, we forgot one other sound that accompanies Kit Kat bars, too. It's... Or maybe it's more like... All together, Kit Kat bars are music to our ears and yummy flavors to our mouths. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. 
Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.